0: Well, good morning and so glad you are here. Welcome to Second Baptist Church and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. So uh, looking forward to today. We have a few different worship opportunities today and so uh, excited about that. Thank you for being here. If you are a guest, we'd love to connect with you, whether you're with us here in person or online. Uh, There's a couple ways we can do that. One is fill out the card in the pew back in front of you. Or, uh, go to our website, sbcr.org, and there's a button that says, I'm new. You can fill that information out, and it's a chance for us to know who's worshiping with us and how we might be able to best serve you. And uh, just, just grateful that you're here and, and excited about today. Um, just want to make you aware of a few things. First of all, if you'll take notice in your bulletin, again, we've tried to outline for you uh, about year-end giving. We know that several have um, uh, interest in in Uh, knowing when those dates are and when those times are, about which method you may give, and then when that deadline may be. Sorry for uh, so many dates and and all of that happening just with the transition that we're going through. We need to try to communicate those as best we can. Uh, We still have our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and so we would um, just greatly appreciate as you pray about what the Lord would have you to give, and uh, you can continue to give through Uh, The end of this month. And then finally, I want to mention to you, uh, in a few places around our church, there are uh, stapled packets, if you will, or or sheets. I think it's about five or six sheets together. Um, And it's just a plan of reading through the Bible. It follows the one-year plan. A few years ago, we had those Bibles, made them available. uh, And it has Old Testament reading. It has Uh, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs every day. Um, And so just want to encourage you uh, that you would join me and others as we sort of read through the Bible together this year. Those packets are available. Some are out front uh, here at the welcome desk. Some are next to the are there at the missions opportunity desk. Um, also you can find find it online find it through several different apps it's the one year bible reading plan so you're going to see a little bit more information about that Uh, just love for our church family to read through the bible together this year Uh, it's an incredible time uh to to just i don't know of any better way for you to grow as a christian than than daily intake of the word of god and so i want to encourage you to be a part of that all right Looking forward to this morning. Uh, Dax is with us again. I'm grateful that he's uh, able to come and help us serve uh, and, and worship this morning. Um, I know it, it's a sacrifice to be here, and so I'm grateful for his uh, willingness to be here and lead us this morning. We're going to begin with a word of prayer. Uh, we're going to sing a lot of uh, several uh, familiar uh christmas hymns and songs together and so excited about that so let's go to the lord in prayer and then we will begin precious jesus we love and adore you we thank you for your grace and mercy lord we thank you for how you love and care for us and god i pray that everything that we say and do this morning would bring honor and glory to the name of jesus god thank you for the gift of christmas god i pray you would help us to fix our eyes on you thank you for how you love and care for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing? We have four different Christmas carols that we want to sing together today as we sing about this newborn king that we celebrate and we, that we worship not only on, uh, at this time of year, but every Sunday morning we have the opportunity to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
2: me a state where ox and lamb are feeding. Good Christian, fear for sinners here, the
1: You know, our our Christmas hymns, our Christmas carols, they help us remember that um, Emmanuel, God with us, he came, not, not instantaneously as an adult and walked among us, but that uh, he took on flesh, and he was born a baby, but the glorious truth is that he didn't Stay a baby, right? He grew up just like each and every one of us. He experienced the things that that we all experience, and then he went to the cross and he died for our sins there because he was the perfect, spotless sacrifice. So as we sing these songs, these Christmas hymns, we're reminded that he's not just a baby; he is Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he is deserving of our praise. He is deserving of our adoration.
2: See No crib for a bed. A little Lord Jesus lay down. on the
0: If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, would you turn to Matthew chapter one and verse eighteen? Matthew chapter one and verse eighteen. Excited to share with you this uh, mini series, if you will, as we began last week, and I'll uh, speak to this morning, and then also. A little bit tonight, excited. I hope that you'll make plans to be back with us tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, we do our very best to, to make that one hour, or hopefully maybe just a little bit under, um, and, and know that you have a busy night. There's a lot of activities, a lot of different things that are happening. Uh, tonight is one of my very favorite services, maybe my favorite that we do all year. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me and my family just to have a moment where we hit pause And and make sure that our focus is on the right thing. Um, Not that it's particularly difficult uh, in our day and time to really keep our focus on the right thing, right? I mean, because uh, this sort of season and and this time of year, it's particularly slow. Um, There's not much going on. Uh, Everybody drives exceptionally well. Um, There's little traffic. Um, There are very few people in the stores and Okay, well, maybe not. Uh, maybe it's not quite that way. Um, I, I think uh, me and and Katie, Beth, um, just—I uh, don't know. Maybe it was yesterday or the day before. It's all run together now. But uh, hey, shout out to this procrastinator. Um, I'm done shopping, so hallelujah. Maybe the first time ever that I don't have to go into a store. Uh, today. But nonetheless, I think we made it all the way to the bottom of Crow Mountain before I told Katie, I probably should stay home. Uh, This is not good for my sanctification, right? So um, nonetheless, uh, it's difficult this time of year. uh, Hey, I I feel your judgment eyes, and I'm over it, okay? Because I I know your heart and my heart, all right? So, um, but nonetheless, uh, this time of year is, is particularly difficult, uh, we know all the right answers, we know the Sunday school answer. We know all those things, and it 's particularly um, difficult. We have to have to be extremely focused to make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing, right that we keep Jesus the focus that this time it is fun. It is a lot of fun to give gifts, spend time with family, eat too much, uh, all those sorts of things that Those things are enjoyable, and we should enjoy it 's all well and good, uh, but particularly. A Sunday like today, just to hit pause and be reminded and be intentional about what is this season about? What is this time of celebration about? And it's about Jesus. And so I'm preaching to you a message. Uh, We looked at last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 15 said, Thanks be to God for his, do you remember the word, indescribable gift. And I told you, of course, leave it to a preacher to preach on the Indescribability of the gift of God but nonetheless we 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 looked at the word of God and, and dug into that but this week I want to preach to you the gift of Christmas and so Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 if you found your place will you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the word of God now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you are and all that you do. I pray you give me every word to say, nothing more, nothing less. I pray you, you Holy Spirit, would work in this moment that you be glorified. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to preach to you this gift of Christmas. The main idea is this, is God gave himself in Jesus, his son, for our salvation. God gave himself through his son Jesus for our salvation, so then the question is this is, how has the gift of salvation led to greater faithfulness to God in your life? How is it that this gift has led you to greater obedience, greater faithfulness, more diligence to serve the living God? This is what the gift all to do. First of all, it brings about we're going to look at, it, it's the means of our salvation. It's the only hope of our salvation. Jesus is our only hope. But then for those of us that have received salvation, those of us that have been saved, then what does the gift demand of us? What is the gift beckoning of us in greater faithfulness to the Lord himself? Well, there's four truths I want us to see from this very, very familiar passage. This passage is is a, a cornerstone passage for this time of year. Uh, Matthew's Gospel is very interesting. He gives a detailed, if you will, genealogy of the time leading up to the birth of Jesus. It's always fascinating to read that. And understand sometimes reading genealogies, it's easy for you to say, uh, genealogies and, and being fascinating don't always go well together. But the reality is it's fascinating here to see the individual's that make up the genealogy of Jesus and that God doing a miraculous redeeming work through a broken people because, by all means, that's the only kind of people he has to use. A broken, sinful people. That'll bless your heart on Christmas Eve, won't it? Amen. All right? So there's four truths. Number one, the gift of Christmas is miraculous. It is miraculous. Look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. So uh, Matthew's giving his account here. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of The Holy Spirit. So Mary and Joseph being betrothed together this engagement this committedness it was even more more significant than the way we use the term engagement nowadays because it took a certificate of of separation and, and all that sort of thing so it was more substantial but it was not yet marriage. And so, Matthew is making some important facts known and clear about this. First, that they were betrothed. They were committed to one another. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. For the sake of the little children in the room, they had not yet come together. This is important. This is substantial. Um, So then, verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph was no fool. He, he realized, he noticed at some point it can no longer be hidden that Mary has now a child with her, inside of her, that her womb, she is carrying a child. But I want you to notice, verse 18, that she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. This is the miracle of Christmas. This is the immaculate conception. That this is a woman who had not known not only Joseph, but no man. She was a virgin. We're going to see that in just a moment from a, a, a prophetic word from Isaiah, Isaiah but that this is the miracle of Christmas. And think about it. I mean, we, we spend all our time and in, in being confused by all these false religions, all these things around the world, and this is substantial to the truth of our faith. But, but if you think about it, if, if there was a false religion, if you were going to make up a false religion, there's some things that you may work in as miracles, but this probably isn't one of them, because you would think, man, nobody's going to believe that. How would anybody buy that? How would anybody believe that? But you got to understand this morning that this points to the fact and reality that God is sovereign over everything in the world, including His creation and including the womb, that God is sovereign here. And God chooses to use the miraculous to usher in the very Son of God, that His God, His, his own begotten Son to usher into uh, to earth so that we can see salvation so the gift of christmas is miraculous verse 20 but while he thought about these things behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david do not be married do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit it's nothing inappropriate was here but rather by the power of god he places the tiniest of tinies in this this conception inside of mary for the very son of god to grow in her womb it's so important this is this reality this truth is so important surely he could have used any means he could have used a combination of means he could have used both mary and joseph Uh, in, in terms of his power and authority but what is important here this miracle is essential to the doctrine of our faith because had joseph been his earthly father the curse of man is that the 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 curse of man passes through the seed of man and that you and i have an inherited sin nature from our dad, from our granddad, so on, all the way back to Grandpa Adam because that's the curse that happens out of the garden. And this miracle is essential to our faith because this miracle takes place so that there is no earthly father of Jesus, but rather he has one father, that's God in heaven. But then secondly to that, and equally as important, Jesus does not have an inherited sin nature Had he had an inherited sin nature, he would have had to die for the sake of his own sins and couldn't have died for for ours. Friends, we've got to understand what makes Christmas so special and so miraculous and, man, just so divine, if you will. It's because the beauty of Christmas sets the stage for the cross at Calvary and for the empty tomb. And so as we read this, this is not just some abstract detail that Matthew wants to throw in that we can know, but this is of vital importance because it hinges this, our faith hinges on these details. Isaiah 7.14, I alluded to it a moment ago, said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. Emmanuel. Some have tried to argue that this means uh, young woman or young daughter. And it's just not so. And I think that's why Matthew is so clear in his language that she had not known a man. She had not known Job. They had not come together. Matthew is abundantly clear that this word virgin in Isaiah is not just representing some young woman, but rather a young lady who has not yet known a man. And it's so vital because this prophecy coming hundreds of years before Jesus would come through the womb of Mary under the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. So number one, the gift of Christmas, it is miraculous. It is miraculous. Number two, the gift of Christmas is salvation. Notice verse 21. And she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Uh, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying and we're going to see Isaiah 714 again in just a moment But notice was that she's going to bring forth a son you shall call his name Jesus I've said it seemingly several times the last few weeks But I really like and appreciate when God puts the cookies on the bottom shelf so that even I can understand Because he makes it abundantly clear that whenever gives this name this name Jesus in the Hebrew Yeshua It's not an uncommon name Uh, Yeshua is not uncommon, but the, the name Yeshua in Hebrew means to save. And so here Matthew gives this detailed account that you shall bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus, and then he gives a reason why he's to be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's where the people of God go, amen. Because this miraculous work is the delivery system in which God brings the Savior, that this is our salvation. We celebrate Christmas because this is the beginning. This is the point where the salvation begins to be manifested in front of the people of God. It's driving us to Calvary. It's driving us to the empty tomb. This is why when we sing, we sing about Jesus because He's the one that saves us from our sins. Whenever we talk about being a church, we want to be a Jesus church. Listen folks, there's all kinds of churches out there, there's all kinds of religions out there, but Second Baptist Church better be a Jesus Church because there's only one name whereby men are given, whereby we must be saved. There's only one name where every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that's at the name of Jesus. I know it's Christmas Eve, I'm not supposed to preach this hard, but Jesus saves. And my gracious, may we never get over that. Oh God in heaven, may we never get over that. That the gift of Christmas, I know it's cliche and I know it's a bumper sticker, but the gift of Christmas really is the gift that keeps on giving. Until every man, woman, boy, and girl hears. This is the gift that matters. This is the name that matters. The angel declares, says, Hey, you're going to name him Jesus because he's the Messiah, he's the Savior of the world. This little baby is going to come through the womb of Mary, it's going to be laid in a manger. These wise men are going to come and worship. He's going to be raised up. He's going to grow up. He's going to be crucified, and He's going to be buried in a tomb. He's going to be raised from the dead, and He's going to call together men and women that are misfits and outcasts. He's going to bring them to Himself. He's going to save them and send them out as missionaries all over the world. And that's still what Jesus is doing. He's meeting us in our deepest, darkest hour of need to provide salvation. And don't you know, there are people all over our city, all over our community today. They're hurting, and they're broken, and they're wondering if anybody cares. They want to know, Is anybody love me? They want to know, does God love me? Does God care? Oh, you know what? They, they may be running up and down Walmart with their hair on fire. They maybe bought a car that they don't own a blinker on, apparently. And seemingly living life to its fullest, but yet they're totally empty because they don't know Jesus. Dear friends, this is the gift of Christmas. Jesus is the answer for all of mankind. Here's the beauty of that. Jesus is cross-cultural. Jesus is the answer for every significant issue in our nation. Jesus is the answer for every significant issue around the world. And I realize in some ways that it's very simplistic, but it's not wrong. The gift of Christmas is miraculous, and the gift of Christmas is salvation. Luke 2.11 says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So it's not only miraculous, it's salvation. Number three, the gift of Christmas is the incarnation. Notice what he says in verse 23. It's a quote from the verse we read a moment ago from Isaiah 7.14. It's a promise from the prophet uh, verse 23 Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, here's what God does He puts it on the, the cookies on the bottom shelf so I can grab a hold of what's the significance of that. He says, Which is translated God with us. That God doesn't just send another angel, God doesn't manifest some creature, some being and sin, but rather He takes on the form of flesh in Himself. He sends His one and only Son. And and here's the beauty of this. Don't we see the Trinity here? We see that God the Father is actively sending the gift of Christmas, that the Holy Spirit is active in this miraculous work. And then Jesus is coming through the womb of Mary and the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Word of God says, says He is Emmanuel, God with us. That he is God in the flesh. Now, I wish I had a great illustration and a great chart and diagram for you so that you could fully grasp and it just, man, all of a sudden I show it to you and the Trinity makes sense. And I don't fully understand the Trinity. And I'm not sure anybody does this side of heaven. But here's what I know with everything in my fiber of my being. Is that God the Father is fully God. All by himself. God the Son, Jesus, is God all by himself, fully. God the Holy Spirit is God by himself, fully. Yet, all three of those together are the fullness of God. And I, I, I've heard the egg illustration, I've heard the water illustration, I've heard a lot of illustrations, and I get people that are trying to communicate so we can grab a hold of it, and they all fall short. And you know what? I like that. I enjoy, and I'm I'm in awe that we serve a God that I can't fully understand and comprehend. Here's a great place for you. Don't say Amen, okay? I'm just priming you ready because if we served a God that I could fully understand, it would be a pretty small God. I, I can't set you up any better than that. Some of y'all, some of y'all will be eating lunch later and going, "Oh man, I missed it. I'm not doing it again." All right, so that's your own fault. If you're sleeping, that's on you, all right? In Jesus' name, right? But but we serve a God that is so big and so miraculous and so wonderful. And here in this moment, out of all the world, God picks this young woman that seems to love her God and trying to do things in a way that is God-honoring. And the angel comes. the Spirit of God speaks, and God places His Son within her, that He may come, be born, and that He is fully man, yet fully God, to bring salvation. He is the incarnation of God. He's the fullness of God. We read about this. And Pastor Jonathan had a great uh, snippet for us earlier during our worship and referenced even these verses. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And look at this, and the Word was God, referencing his son Jesus. And verse 14 gives commentary to that, gives enlightenment to that. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth, that Jesus is the fullness of God. This is the gift of Christmas, that it's a miraculous work. And I realize, uh, obviously, the longer we're alive, the more Christmases we go through. And the danger of that is it becomes all too familiar to us. And somehow we lose the wonder and the splendor of what this time and this season means. And we get caught up in so many things, but let me just remind you this morning that the gift of Christmas is a miracle of God. And it is the means of our salvation. And it is the fullness of God. Jesus is the fullness of God come in the flesh. And if you've never received salvation, I can't imagine a greater time or a greater day than today. Than for you to surrender your heart and life to Jesus today to receive the gift. That's the beauty of this. That's the driving force of this. I imagine for most of us, uh, if the kids win uh, tonight, there'll be a lot of gifts exchanged. If parents are able to hold on strong, and maybe it's tomorrow morning, early, <laughs> early, right. But gifts will be handed out. Gifts will be distributed. But the important fact of the exchange and the giving of gifts tomorrow is that somebody receives the gift that is given to them. If tomorrow somebody hands you a gift, don't do this, all right, but if somebody hands you a gift and you just turn and look at it and snarl your nose at it and... I'm good, and just push away from it, and, and you don't receive it, you don't open it. It's a gift. It's just not yours. And here's what I need you to understand, is that God has literally done everything he can do when he sent his son Jesus to give the gift of salvation. But it's up to you to receive that gift. How do you receive it? The Bible says that you repent of your sins and place your faith and trust in Jesus. Sometimes we make salvation so difficult. But it really is simply turning away from all your past, present, and future sins, repenting of those, and placing your faith and trust in Him. And so here in a few moments, we'll have a time of invitation. I know I still got one left. I'm going to get there, okay? But here in a few minutes, a time of invitation. If you've never received the gift of salvation, I pray that you'll receive it today. You'll turn from your sins and place your faith and trust in Him. I would imagine most of you have received that gift of salvation. Most of you have repented and placed your faith and trust in Christ, whether recently or long ago. He said, Chris, I've heard this a bunch and I've heard it a bunch from you and, and I understand. But what does it mean? What does it mean for us? Number four, the gift of Christmas is obedience. The gift of Christmas that it demands is obedience. Look at verses 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. So what is happening? What is taking place here? You remember that they were committed to one another, and, and Joseph is no dummy. He has figured out that something has gone on. That the woman he had planned to marry was now with child. And listen, you, you, the woman comes in and says, No, no, no you don't understand. The, the angel appeared to me, and here's what happened. and And... I don't know what happened. I have a uh, maybe a crazy imagination about this, but I'm sure there was some dialogue going. Really, that's the be- like this isn't even the dog ate my homework excuse. Going, are you, sh- you? This is what you're trying to convince me of, and he's not buying it. He's not even. But man, is he's contemplating, notice he is, he is worked up over this. Uh, verse 20 says, by while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord. He is, he is trying to do, and, and, and he, we see his integrity. We see the way that he carries himself because his plan is to try to put her away and do so quietly. Why is that significant? Because uh, Mary could have been, if she found guilty, she could have been stoned to death. Could have cost her, her life, and he's not ready to do that, but he, he's ready to put her away, but wants to do so quietly. But man, the angel of God shows up and speaks to Joseph in an incredible way. And he gives him all this detail and tells him what's going on that the Spirit of God had worked. The Holy Spirit did a miraculous work in Mary. And he didn't need to have put her away. This is he's going to be named Jesus. He's the Son of God, He's the Messiah, He's the Christ. And then Joseph, in verse 24, when being aroused from sleep, look at this, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. You know what? Joseph wakes up and says, I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. This miraculous gift that God is working and doing, I don't, I have no doubt he didn't fully understand, probably had a lot of questions. But in this moment, Joseph simply chose to be obedient to the plan and purposes of God. Verse 25, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And notice this, and he called his name Jesus. Those of you who've had kids, there's something special about getting the name your child. Some of that, you know, I know that there's, A lot of debate leading up to, and there can be all sorts of name books, and everybody has a suggestion, and all I realize there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. But once a family settles on that name, a couple settles on that name, and, and names that child, there's something special about that. And to think that the angel of God gives Joseph the opportunity to be the one to name him. I know his name was determined, but to pronounce this name, when a couple years ago, first trip to Africa, we had uh, been going around planting churches and doing all kinds of uh, different ministries, baptizing and all kinds of things. And so uh, it came to a Sunday and there were three of us pastors that were on this trip. And one of those, um, uh, you know, we, we, each one of us got to go preach at a church. Uh, in, the, in the region or area, and so uh, I'm getting ready, and, and the thing about going on mission trips, particularly in Africa, uh, I mean, you could ask what the agenda is, but you kind of laugh at it because it's always going to be different. Uh, it's never, their timetable and planning is a little different than ours, and so I show up, and um, the pastor of the church there uh, that was there for that day uh, came up and said, hey, um, we have a child dedication today, and you're going to do it. I'm like, blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know what this looks like. And I said, hey, help me. Help me. Uh, what do I do? Whatever. And so they wanted me uh, to pronounce the child's name, to take the child in my arms and pronounce the name of this child three times in this service. Now, I know you, well, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. When the name is. George Larry Jones. I got that, okay. But we're in the bush of Africa. There's no Larrys, and there's no Joes or Jimmys or Susans or Bobs like there. He, I, I, what's the name? And he, <laughs> amen. <laughs> I said, Bud, you're gonna have to write that down, and. So anyway, so he writes it down, and here I am with this child, and it comes to this point, and I'm like, somebody's going to have to hold it up, because I'm going to have to read this. I, anyway, I've got it written down somewhere. And so I say it one time, and you'll appreciate this, they're looking at me, and it's almost this point of disappointment, I'm like, oh man, what have I done? I messed up. And then they wanted me to say it three times. And I'm like, oh good, I pronounced it once right. Now i got to get it three times in a row, and that ain't happening. And so nonetheless, there was this pronouncement of this name over the child, and, and I was able to be a part of that. And, and uh, man, you just get to that. Finally, I got to the third pronunciation, and the, the, the father and mother, I, I, remember, I see their faces right now, they just lit up that their child now has this name and there's this moment of sort of dedication to the Lord of of they're going to raise this child in a way that honors and pleases the Lord and I want you to see that God blesses the obedience of Joseph in this moment to get him be a part yes I understand that the name of Jesus was already determined I realize all of that but it's a special moment that Joseph gets to be a part of and it's because of his obedience And those of us that know Christ, I realize it's easy to be distracted from the things that are happening, things that are around us. But the gift of Christmas still demands our obedience. And how is it that God wants you to be a part of giving the gift of Christmas? You and I, we can't give salvation. You and I, we can't save anybody. You and I, we can't um, um, redeem anybody But those of us that know Christ now have the gift of Christmas that we can be a part of helping others know the name of Jesus that they too may be saved. And so the question for you this morning is how do you need to respond to the gift of salvation, the gift of Christmas? Do you need to trust Christ for salvation today? Or have you already trusted Christ? And you need to ask God that in the days ahead, we're going to fix it, most of us probably be around a lot of family, a lot of friends. Now I realize most of the uh, 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 cultural rules, say don't talk about politics or religion, all that sort of thing. Dear friends, man, we've got to get away. We, we, need, we need to be obedient sharing the hope of the gospel, to sharing the hope of Jesus that our family and our friends can know jesus and they can be saved and so may you and i commit together that the next few days and in the year ahead that we will do all that we can to make sure that first of all that i'm living as a christian that's a jesus person that my family is going to be a jesus family and that our church is going to be a jesus church and that we're going to do all that we can to send people wherever in our community and around the world that they may take the matchless name of Jesus. They shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Do you need to be saved today? Or do you need to commit to be greater, even more faithful and more obedient to the gift of Christmas? Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore You we thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, in heaven, I pray right now for every person in this room. God, If they, uh, for each person that's not repented and placed their faith and trust in you, God, I pray you would give them grace to do that right now, to turn to you for salvation. I pray for those of us that do know you, God, that we would uh, be even more faithful in sharing the gospel, more faithful in pointing people to Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And if you're here today and say, Pastor Chris, I, I need to be saved. I need to receive the gift of salvation. And you just pray right where you're at. If you need somebody to lead you in a words of a prayer, that's fine. But it's not words of a prayer that save you. It's the attitude of your heart. If your heart's desire is to repent, place your faith and trust in him, just call out on him right where you're at. You may pray something like this. Say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away my sin. Be the boss of my life. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll be what you want me to be. I ask you to save me now, Lord Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. You remain in the attitude of prayer. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And when, we, when I finish praying, if God spoke to your heart and you, need to, you just prayed and asked the Lord to save you, I'd encourage you to come. Say, Pastor Chris, I prayed and asked God to save me. Maybe you've been saved recently, or maybe God's done with your heart about baptism, or joining the church, or maybe you, you, God dealt with your heart about uh, what to do with the gift of Christmas to be even greater and more faithful in, in sharing the gospel and talking to people about Jesus. Whatever God's doing in your heart, you respond and be obedient to him. God in heaven, thank you for today. I pray God in these next few moments that we'd respond to you in obedience. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Your main attitude of prayer, if God spoke to your heart as we begin to sing, you come.
2: no breath and it was finished but not the end we could have known for the earth began to shake and the veil was torn the sacrifice was made as the (laughs)
0: We're <laughs>